1: For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Perry Goldstein, and I am not joined by Maggie Loney today. I am joined by a very special guest, a guest that I go on his show quite a bit, so now the turntables have turned, and I get to have him on my show. So please welcome Grant Bills. Thank Wisco you, Sport Show. Is that still your name of your show, Wisco Sports Show? Hell yeah. yeah.
0: No one's made me change it. The bosses picked it out. Uh, it's been a little over five years, and no one's made me change it, which has been really nice and convenient. So yeah. And I feel like I disgraced the name of your podcast a little bit, because uh, I'm not... A- I'm not a she uh, yeah, it's like, okay. It's fine it works okay
1: okay it works we are we are accepting of all on the show as long here. as you are cool with talking Packers which these days is getting harder and harder to do I was gonna
0: say beggars can't be choosers uh at this point in the 2023 Packers season for sure yeah no yeah. I'm I'm dumb enough and I w- am willing to waste enough time to talk about this team so yeah absolutely <laughs>
1: Cool, because I know on your show you can talk about all Wisconsin sports, so you can kind of gloss over this team. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. all Maggie and I do is talk about how sad this season is.
0: Yeah. So. It it uh it has been sad. Like I think today, little Badgers, little Bucks. But I mean, the like the Packers, hang over everything, right? We never ignore them. We just occasionally run out of things to say about them, so we put them in the corner and we come back to them, but. They're in a
1: timeout right now on the West Coast Sports
0: Show. <laughs> they are a little bit, yeah, 100. So
1: we actually did have some news this week that is unrelated to the Packers losing, although I think it might be a contributing factor to future losses <laughs> because the Packers traded starting outside cornerback Rasul Douglas to the Bills in what I would consider to be a kind of a surprise. I'm not surprised that the Packers were sellers per se, because hello, they're losing. Uh, Just Rasul feels like an integral cog in this machine and was a quite vocal leader. So, um, want your thoughts and then we can maybe talk about this Rams game.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I make sure there's enough time to talk about the Packers probably against a a backup cornerback in a game that very few people across the country are probably going to watch, but, um, it, it, it was not a surprise to us um, because when we talk about teams that are buyers or sellers, and I know you're a big Mets fan, so we do this every year. It's like, should my team be buyers? Or... We do this all the time. The Packers would be the dictionary definition of the seller team, right? They have all the traits. They're underperforming. They're rebuilding. And Rasul is the perfect piece to sell off. So I, I don't think we were surprised based on what I, you know, talked to about other people is it was a shock to the locker room. And, you know, like I had Cassidy Hill on I show the other night, she's very close with Rasul Douglas. Um, and then Mike Clemens, who I talked to earlier today, so a little bit later in the league, was like, it was like a visitation in the locker room. Like, it was very sad. So, while we look at this team and think, like, oh, it makes sense for them to sell, you know, players don't think that way. And I, I don't blame them for not thinking that way. So, um, certainly a surprise and a shock to the players. I I think as we get further removed from this trade, I have to remind myself, and, and Packers fans would probably be wise to do the same, this isn't that big of a deal um in the grand scheme of things like packers fans we have a ton of main character energy like our team is two and five and we still like to think that everything this team does matters a ton in the grand scheme of the league and it it just doesn't basically what happened this week was a team that's not good traded a player who's pretty decent to a contender for a third round pick and i know we're like blowing it up and like this player said this but like in the grand scheme of things this is I don't know. This is going to be a short chapter in, in Packers history one day, but it's hard to look at it like that right now. And players shouldn't like, that's their teammate. That's their guy. It's their brother.
1: 100%. Yeah. I, a few things there. One being, I mean, objectively it's easy as a fan. Like you have no emotional really connection to these guys. So you can look at this and be like, Hey, Goot picked up someone from a practice squad a couple seasons ago. He contributed to this team in a very meaningful way. Got, and a, a, a pretty big contract for a guy who was just a practice squad player. Right. And then Goot flipped that and traded him and turned a practice squad. And respectfully to Rasul Douglas, you were a practice squad, nobody into a yeah. third round pick. Like that's pretty dope GMing. If you ask me um, that being said, like you said, I mean, he very quickly became a pretty vocal leader and a personality in the locker room and, and kind of beloved because as Packer fans, you love those stories. I mean, we love our undrafted free agents. We love the stories of the guys who kind of come from the bottom and prove themselves, um, and then end up becoming kind of folk heroes, especially in that you know game against his former team where he picks up picks them off and game winner, etc. But um, sad to see the locker room so dejected because I mean, my God, they don't need any more well, uh, morale lowering. That's like That's I that didn't know concerning. it could get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So hearing that he was surprised and hearing that him and Aaron Jones cried. I mean, I don't I don't particularly love that, but it does sound like it kind of just fell in their laps. Like it was like we weren't particularly looking to shop him. Um, We just happened to get a good offer that we kind of couldn't refuse. And hey, what are you going to do?
0: Gudikin said this specifically on Wednesday, and I, I don't remember which beat reporter asked him about it. Um, I, I, think the question had something to do with balancing the here and now versus the, the future building of this team. And, and Goody said, well, look, it's not just that we're getting a third round pick because we, we look at this trade and we're like, well, we never get anyone good in the third round anyways. What's the point? And, and Goody said, well, it's not just that pick, which they may or may not use that pick. They could trade up, they could trade down. They could, they could do whatever. It's about getting that money off the books. And it's about resetting the contract of the asset or of the player, which is something we talk about in baseball all the time. My Brewers, it's young, controllable talent. Or in the NBA, we refer to players as assets and, and, and trade pieces and, and and money to be moved around. I mean, getting Rasul's money off the books and then restarting a rookie contract to then be cheaper and, and to fit the timeline of this team better matters a lot. And I know it sucks. And there's plenty of Packers fans that think Goody is, is not a people person. And that may or may not be true. I don't. I don't know. It's also his job to, at times, not be a people person. And when you got Buffalo calling and saying, dude, we lost Tredavious White, like, we really want to make this happen, and it works out well, um, I-, I think Goody would be silly to turn that down. So I think all of Goody's reasoning that I heard on Wednesday checked out and made a lot of sense.
1: I agree with you, totally. And, like, it's not like he they sent I mean, not that this really matters either, because when you call with a good pick, a top 100 pick, you call the top 100 pick, but they also sent him to a contender. So, like, hey... Respect, go. You have a chance to now actually win. You've been frustrated as hell. You can hear it in all of your post-game pressers. Thank you for your time. Go win.
0: Well, and and something that you said, like this is a a pretty slick piece of maneuvering from Goody to pull him off a practice squad and then to eventually flip him for a third. This is a pretty slick deal for Rasul Douglas, too, to be an unwanted player without a home, to come into Green Bay, to ball out, to get a contract with years of future security. It's not working out in Green Bay. So now you get to go to Buffalo like Russell Douglas isn't suffering here. This is a pretty slick deal for for everyone all around, even if this week it's it's very sad. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I can't pretend to understand what it would be like to be putting your all into a team, into a franchise, and then to have the person in charge of that franchise tell you that you're not wanted here anymore, even though that's not really what it's about. That's what I would totally hear. And I'm sure that's what it sounds like to players too. So I'm, I'm sensitive to all of that, but it's a pretty slick deal for all involved when you really think of the last couple of years and then, and then what's to come this year and beyond it. I think it worked out pretty well for everybody.
1: I agree. Um, I agree. I, we had predicted, Maggie and I, before the week, we actually thought the Packers wouldn't do anything because that felt very Packers to just, like, simply do nothing. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty surprised. Um, my my prediction actually would have been them moving Preston Smith, so I was a little surprised about Sewell, simply because, like, the secondary is not great. Like, right, like, Ja's been really dealing with his back injury. It seems like he's progressing fine, but then, you know, we watched – Russell Wilson totally pick on Carrington Valentine for an entire game um and again like this is look we're not in contention here why not give the se- seventh round pick you know a shot sure. I think I would feel differently about this trade if you had Eric Stokes like fully healthy again and just playing on the boundary and then you're like well we had an over abundance of riches in the cornerback room anyway which we will I mean in theory given that like Eric Stokes actually ends up like being totally fine um so it would work out just right now it feels all of a sudden quite thin
0: yeah so like part of why I love my job so I produce a four-hour show during the day and then I do my own show so I'm responsible for filling like six hours of content so I get to hear opinions of so many other people um like we had Ryan Wood on earlier this week I mentioned Cassidy uh Cassidy Hill Mike Clemens we had Mike Renner on earlier today and And something that I heard from a couple Packer people, and I think Ryan Wood was the first, um, or no, it wouldn't have been Ryan. I I bet it would have been Cassidy yesterday, who said, like, let's get this clear. This is not trading depth from a position of strength here. Like, they don't really have much at corner. So this is Goody kind of independent of the rest of the roster making a decision based on one player, which... Like, I guess if you don't need Rasul Douglas anymore and you like the return, then you don't need Rasul Douglas anymore and you like the return. And I guess whoever else slides in, it's not like the defense has been playing lights out and the team's winning anyways. Um, But that's definitely important detail to recognize is like, there's not really a great option behind him, especially with Jair's injury. Like this is Joe Barry. I mean, I can't imagine Joe Barry is feeling awesome all the time about his job and the way that his defense is going. I can't imagine he felt great knowing that he was about to lose Russell Douglas from that secondary
1: who's been one of the guys who's been playing like the best I would say on that Mm -hmm. side of the ball which is pretty unfortunate I mean it's hard it's it is a balance right because like you look at this and you're thinking I mean they're not going anywhere this year they're two and five the chances they turn this around are pretty slim based on the way the play has been on the field Um, you never want to actually like tell your guys like hey, we're going to just like start selling because we don't really believe in you. But that's kind of what the trade deadline shows. Like if you're sellers at the trade deadline, it's a pretty big signal about how you feel about the rest of the season, in my opinion. Um, And yeah, I mean, they're not playing great and they still have a pretty long stretch of games ahead of them, much better teams ahead of them. (laughs) So I wouldn't be feeling great if I was on that side of the ball either. But what are you going to do?
0: It's called uh show business, not show friends. Is that the is that the expression? Yes, yeah, something is. like that. But I think, you know, if there's a silver lining here for Packers fans, um, I think the goal for this team now is for the offense to find a little bit of a rhythm and for Jordan Love and these young wide receivers to really start piecing some things together. And I think that is totally still doable and I don't know that the absence of Rasul Douglas makes that outcome any more or less likely like I think I what the Packers need to accomplish this year is still in front of them and that's not making the playoffs but um they could still totally get where they're they're trying to go for the rest of the year the defense I'm not really so sure like when we think about the rebuild to come this off season and and next season, we all assume, unless Jordan love the, you know, the switch flicks all of a sudden and and it's like, wow, the reality of of the next year really changes, which could happen. I I don't think it will, but um, I don't really know what they're going to do with the defense. The offense is like, we need to figure it out, build chemistry. What, what, what is the next step for the defense? You know?
1: Yeah. The defense side of the ball is hard for me because like, I feel the same way as I did last season, right? Like last season, they, they're, they're making the same mistakes. They still have really amazing pieces on this side of the ball. Now you're one year into even more contracts. So you're like wasting money and wasting talent. Guys who are aging guys like Preston Smith, right? Guys like Rasul. like you paid him. What, 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 would you do with him? You know, and all you did was give this defensive coordinator another year because why? Because the Packers just had a really high turnover differential on defense for like a month. And so like your short-term memory is saying, oh, but the defense played really well at the end of the last season. Like yeah. this, this was just such a waste on that side of the ball for me. Um, so if there is a silver lining in this year, like I hope they blow up blow up that side of the ball next, this offseason. Like yeah. new, not just new DC, but like I want new assistant coaches – I probably want them, and again, this is like a little callous, but like, I probably want them to go like full youth movement also on this side of the ball. If you're doing it on offense, you might as well clear some cap, you know, just blow it up.
0: Well, I think the idea was the offense is going to be young and inconsistent, but when they struggle, the defense can pick it up. And the defense has not been the reason that this team has lost this year. No, for sure. But the idea was they were like they were going to be part of a support system for a young quarterback and young offense. And, and they can't get off the field. And, and they I
1: haven't been that at all.
0: I know. And, and people say, well, of course, they're, you know, giving up points. They're out there all the time, but yes, because the offense is going three out, but also that's the way this defense is designed is, is to give up long drives, but try to hold up in the red zone and they've done an okay job, but I'm glad you went where you went with Joe Barry. I'm not trying to pick on the guy because I truly, I, I don't know that he deserves all that he gets, um, but yeah. I, 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 the guy who hosts our midday show, Bill, earlier today, I said, Bill, what, what is this year for, for Joe Barry? What are we doing? Like, Joe Barry probably thinks the same thing. He's like, why did you just bring me back? No one likes me. No one likes the defense that I run. We're not a successful defense. What, why am I here? Like, I can, I can see where this is trending in the off season. Was this year just to make darn well sure that Joe Barry isn't the guy to, to revitalize his practice defense? I don't, it's just such a waste.
1: I have no answers for you. I mean, stopgap for, like, just not too much transition. But, again, like, time is so of the essence in the NFL. Like, one season can set you back so much, and you're looking at all this young talent on that side of the ball. Like, you have put – you, as in the Packers, have put so much into that side of the ball. You've got a first-round pick who, like, has – LVN played, like, 16 snaps – a couple of games ago like what yeah. are we doing here with this you know i think actually devonte wyatt of course, statistically has actually had a pretty nice season so far with more opportunity quay walker looks like literally the only player on that side of the ball that shows up in any kind of consistent manner but like yeah. you don't want to waste develop like precious precious developmental time with a coach who you know is going to be out in a year that's well, silly
0: this is what I said going into this year. I was like a lot of fan bases and a lot of teams would look at a year like this and think this is going to suck. And there's going to be nothing redeeming. Um, But I said before the year, it's like with no expectations and with a complete reset, like there's opportunity here. Like you can use this year to figure things out, right. To try guys, to try things. This is, this is your opportunity. Um, So, you know, you mentioned not too much turnover at once you know, this This maybe would have been the perfect year to try out a defensive coordinator uh, and to yeah. mess around. Uh, and they didn't really do that. Um,
1: yeah. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season, for sure. I mean, like like you said, with the Packers are about to play the Rams this coming week, right? They're going up against a backup QB. Like, this should be, like, the perfect opportunity at home. for... Yeah, at home to be, like... We're not that bad. Like we can, we can win some games. Like you should be able to beat this team coming into <laughs> coming into Lambo. Um, and it's sad that I actually don't feel confident at all.
0: Well, I don't know why. You why would you? You know what I mean? If, at this point, if you're picking the Packers to win, it's because you're optimistic and you just hope that they can and hope that they will. Um, I, I think just I mean Jesus, one win, just having something to celebrate, even if it's not pretty. You know, even if it's riddled with penalties. And I I remember a couple of weeks ago, you did pack a day with Andy and Alex. And you guys kind of talked about this. I think it was probably the Raiders game. And you're like, I I don't know that I'd feel that much better about this if the Packers would have stolen a win at the end. And I think in the aggregate and the big picture for the season, you're right. Like if the Packers win coin flip games against the Raiders and the Broncos and they're what instead of two and five they they're what would they be? four and three, I, the record would be different. You know what I mean? That doesn't make them a, a better team. That just means that they won really two ugly games. Um, but I'll like, I'll take it. Cause I, these guys will take it. Like to just get the monkey off your back and to get a, a breath of air, especially now after Rasul Douglas has been traded. Like, I don't care if they win this game nine to three, like that game against the Jets in 2010. Like you just need some sort of win so everyone can relax. And I think that would, help them then continue to make process um, or to or continue to make progress. Um, I agree. I'll take it.
1: I know. I, know. I, I agree with you. I think I said that again, again, like I feel like every game this season is like in context for like what we've seen previously. Right. So like yep. in the Raiders game, you're coming off of a saints game where like the offense was clearly bad. The defense was not the problem in either of those games. And you're like, did they really deserve to win? They kind of shot themselves in the foot. Like, maybe try to learn from this. Okay. We're a couple games removed from that abysmal game. The Raiders are terrible. They've already fired their head coach. They have already benched their starting QB. And you're like, this game feels so far away from where this current Packers team feels like they are that now I'm like, I'm with you or I'm like this team needs to learn how to win. Like they're so young, they cannot get dejected. You cannot turn this into a locker room that doesn't know how to win, right? Like that was something Aaron Rodgers always said in all of his seasons, which is like, when you walk into this locker room, you understand that this team wins. Like that is the mentality in this building and they need to keep that energy. They need to keep that philosophy because you don't have that many guys anymore, especially with one extra one gone from a previous regime that knows what it's like to always be playoff contender, Super Bowl contender above 500 teams.
0: Yeah, well, and I like what you said, you know, and as someone who hosts a radio show and tweets a lot, like the context around comments and takes changes very quickly, right? So I'm I'm definitely like, we will take an ugly win now, but going into that Raiders game, you got to remember, you know, where we were coming from. What game was the game? It was the Lions game, right? And then they had nine days off because it would have been Thursday night. No, it would have been 10 or 11 days off Thursday night to Monday night. So they were 2-1. And yeah. and yeah. And and I'm thinking, all right, this is a chance to get right. The Lions were way better. So it's understandable. The Lions are an elite team. So with all this time off, you figure out what was wrong, and you come out against a Raiders team that can be had. And let's see it in front of a friendly crowd in Vegas. And it was so bad right from the jump where it's like, okay, this game has already been a failure. Like, my hopes coming into this game, my my plan for what this game could be is already in the tank in the first half. So a win on that night would have been nice for a win, but also that game was falling short of my expectations and hopes. That's no longer the case. I don't have expectations going into games. So the, the context around uh, uh, these games has changed. I'll take an ugly win. Whereas I think a month ago, I'd feel very different about an ugly win. Yeah, one.
1: grind it out. I think also we've been seeing like, and it's not good, right? The offense can't score in the first half, but they're they're clawing their way. Like it's till the clock strikes zero that this team is battling. And that's, there's something to be said for that. I think there there really, there really is. Um, And so it would be nice because the last couple of games, you're like, okay, one more drive. Like they're not, they're never really like that far out of it either. It's like two score games. Like you could come back from two score games. The Lions game is the only one that was like, all right, we're done. (laughs) We're done here. I'm willing to just put that game
0: to the side because the Lions are awesome. The Lions are
1: very good.
0: That Thursday night game was more about me saying, okay, the Lions have arrived. Like, this is a team that's ready to shed the the loser tag and, and come into a divisional rival on a short week at night and win. So totally. that Thursday night game was totally. as much to do about the Lions as it was the Packers.
1: Yeah. But my, my point being in that, like, this – offense kind of trying to claw their way back i mean even in this last game against the vikings and like again they weren't going to win it was 24 10 but jordan love it's still fourth quarter and he's like trying to sling it downfield like he's doing everything humanly possible just like get this ball down the field get the ball to my receivers they're not helping him out in any way shape or form um it is possible to me that and i think the rams are a perfect example of this in like this could can can one of those fourth quarter drives turn into seven instead of turn into three or turn into zero like can we step up for our quarterback here and do something and have like look I don't want them to be behind because they can't score in the first half that's that's a side note but like there are moments where i felt like this team could claw their way back into games and it just hasn't happened it's like that kind of coin flip situation so yeah I mean if it's ugly and they claw their way back in the fourth quarter for a comeback drive amazing like this team need to your point like this team needs one of those like galvanizing moments
0: and they've been close like and this doesn't matter to anyone I know but Like against the Raiders, they were right. Like if Christian Watson punches that ball into the end zone instead of, you know, being roped down by the horse collar, that game could go differently. The Falcons game, you know what I mean? Like all of these games have come down to a couple of drives that have stalled out in the red zone or, you know, it's just, it's, if it's not something, it's something else. And, and Jordan Love is having to work so hard to move up and down the field. And then you get in the red zone and he has to work so hard to punch the ball in because there's just not a lot of freebies for him in this offense. Like AJ Dillon, if on first and ten he gets the ball and picks up three and a half, like that's a W, and that goes to show how how low the bar is with the running game right now. And I mean, if they have a passing play of twelve yards, that's I mean that's a coup. Like there, there's no freebies where oh of course well there he, he did he did everyone a solid and busted a forty yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Like Eric Eager, our guy, refers to these offensive drives. You're crossing the street every play. You know every play that you have to run on a drive you're risking a penalty or a sack or a negative play and a penalty, a sack, negative play. Any one of those things that kills the drive for the pack. It kills. If they go backwards one yard on first and 10, or they get one penalty, they're done. They're punting. And it's just so, so hard to score points consistently in the NFL
1: like that. 100%. They shoot themselves in the foot so hard. They do not allow themselves to have nice things. I mean, it gets, it's to the point where I'm like, a first down! Yeah! Like, moving the chains in and of itself is so difficult. And there are some things... I mean, everyone's like, there's nothing they do well. There's some things that I I think they do do kind of well. Like, I'd like to see Jordan Love continue to attack the middle of the field. I think he's yeah. really comfortable doing it. And I think that there's, like, again, something to be said for a guy who's still really early in his career who's cool with doing that. Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what to do with the run game, but Aaron Jones needs more than 10 touches. I I, I I, don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it's just one of those things where like, and I've watched people who are much better at this than me. I've watched like Ben Fennel, and I've listened to the shows with Mike Wall that Andy does and especially QB school with J2 O'Sullivan because his his breakdowns have been phenomenal and kind of like clarity moments. And the issue with this offense is simply that everything is going wrong. Right, yeah, <laughs> like it's it's not people who are out there saying like, oh well, Jordan Love's just bad. I actually don't think that that's true. I mean, no, there certain no- on
0: today. He's like Jordan Love. I think is the best thing going for this freaking offense. Right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's not losing them games. He's just not giving any assistance whatsoever. I mean, he obviously doesn't trust his offensive line. Not that he should. They cannot, like you said, you get three yards in the run game and you're like, woo, positive play. And his receivers have bricks for hands these days. And like, sometimes are running wrong routes. So any one moment, any one play where one of those players out of the 11 is doing something wrong, things break down. And on every single play, on the Packers offense, someone is doing something wrong. And so you're just watching that happen. But I think over the next 10 games, my hope, and this is just me being an optimistic fan because I'd like to trust development and I'd like to trust Matt LaFleur because I'm not ready to give up on him as a coach yet. Something's going to have to click. It's not going to be everything all at once, but at some point over the next couple of games, we're going to have to start seeing some things clicking it's going to still be up and down it's going to be imperfect but maybe a handful of drives where things don't go wrong where they don't have stupid penalties you know like where they do have a handful of like just some incremental it has to be incremental
0: yeah I like Matt LaFleur too much to think that the rest of the year is going to look like this I still do I know a lot of Packers fans don't I, I still do. I, I have enough, and maybe it's, you know, my priors, but I have enough evidence the last couple of years to think that Matt LaFleur is a better offensive coach. It's hard to put out a fire when everything is on fire. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to plug a leak when there's 30 different leaks. And I think Matt LaFleur is feeling that. He's got a little bit of the brain scramblies right now because he feels as though he needs to help out over here and here and address this and that and the other thing. And it's it's really hard to fix a problem. If you can't isolate a problem and they're dealing with a million different problems. I don't think this team, I said to slime the other day, I'm very proud of this. Uh, I don't think this team is struggling because of a lack of a solution. I just think there are uh, too many problems. It's not, it's not a lack. There's too many problems at once. Um, It's really hard to get your footing in a situation like that.
1: I totally agree. And that's why I think like slowly things are going to have to start to click because they're going to fix one problem And it'll start to look better. And then they can focus on another problem and it'll start to look better. Like I really genuinely do believe that that's going to happen. I just think there's too much young talent. And like you said, I still like Matt still gets the benefit of the doubt for me. I still think he's an incredible coach. I still think some of the things that he's like putting out there or at least trying to get them to do are really creative and really fun. It's just not getting executed properly. And sure, like coming prepared to games is on him. When the guys aren't prepared, that's on him. Um, I don't know. I've never been in a locker room. I don't know what it's like to be a head coach in the NFL. I'm not going to like give my two cents on how to fix that. Uh, I just trust that he's fully aware that he needs to fix that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think you stated it perfectly. I don't know that I have much to add to that. I I still like Matt LaFleur a lot. And I think he can be the head coach of this team in the future. But one of these weeks, I'm going to need to see a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I am yeah. I am losing faith a little bit week by week. Not because they're losing, um, just because yeah. it looks the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. if they lose this week to the Rams 31-29 to because Joe Barry's defense can't get off the field or, you know, because Brett Ripon has the game of his life, fine. But it needs to look different. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: It's if the Packers different. score 30 this week and lose, I don't give a flying F.
0: I'll get drunk i
1: will be so happy because that means things went right you know like and i agree with you like the win-loss column is a f- more affecting the way i feel about this team because they're just not getting better it's not as if they're like losing these really tough close games and like the offense is do- you know there's still problems if they were two and five and i was like okay but they're getting better every week i don't think that i would care so much um but okay let's wrap with two things one just like what going into this game one thing that you like really want to see this team do
0: uh Dobbs and Watson I want those two guys to look like they have played another year of football compared to all of the guys around them that doesn't mean that they both need to go off for 200 yards but I should be able to tell when watching those two that they have a year of experience and maturity that some of the other guys don't have. And honestly, I haven't seen it. Honestly, the guy who I've been most impressed with is Jaden Reed and he's figuring this out on the fly. Like, so I, I, that would be my one thing. And I know it's two players, but they're kind of in the same bucket because they're in the same situation. Yeah. And, and Jason Brabel said this week that, you know, this is the healthiest that Watson has been. He's reaching speeds in practice that they hadn't seen before. Great. But I, I think those two guys, that would be my thing.
1: I agree with you. Like, those are the guys you kind of were leaning on this season going in, just being like, you're our bets." <laughs> good luck. Good um, luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. But we've seen... The thing is, is that you can say that because you saw it last season. You saw the flashes. You saw the ability. You saw the month-long stretch of Christian Watson being an absolute superhuman. Like, you know they have it. So... And Dobbs strikes
0: me as really mature in all business, but then again, so did Devontae Adams. And he had an awful, miserable second year. So... You know, I want to be fair to these guys. Maybe it's not fair to ask your two guys to carry all the weight, but every once in a while, like maybe not every week, but you know, here and there. I
1: mean, to me, you mentioned Jaden Reed. I think Dontavian Wicks has had a really nice beginning to his season two, but like Dobbs has been really the only one that I find going up and like actually making plays for his quarterback when need be.
0: Not that they give him chances to do that in the fourth quarter. We've elected to do that with Christian Watson Mm -hmm. instead. Um, Yeah. But,
1: but Hey, um, all right. Are you taking the Packers to win this game?
0: Not with my own money that I earn. Mm -hmm. I only have so much of it. Um, But, I mean, shoot. They were favored by three when I checked earlier today, which there's no way in hell that line is minus three if there's a good chance that Matthew Stafford plays. And I guess, you know, at the time we record this, something could change. But, um, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd pick the Packers at home against a backup quarterback. I think they're due for some things to click. I've also said that. For the last couple of weeks. So take that with yeah. a grain of salt. But it's some this yeah. team is not this bad. They have they they haven't played half of their games yet, right? This is a, this is a 17-game season. We haven't even reached a halfway point. I know it's November 1st, but this team's had a lot of time off. And I weirdly also think that a weekly game is is good for this team. So I think some things might come together. They're at home. So yeah. I yeah, I'd pick them.
1: Rhythm. I uh I'd like to pick them as well. I just think like I said this team needs kind of a galvanizing moment. Like this is like a turn could be like a time in the season where you look back and like okay, this was the game where they just needed something, like some wind under their sails. Um and I especially think that they better pound the rock if it's a backup quarterback. I mean, come on. Like what el- like what else could you ask for um in a in a game where you know you need to turn things around. So um, yeah, I'm also yeah. not going to put my hard-earned money on anything uh, for this team. However, I would love to walk out of this weekend with a W.
0: My so. money is not hard-earned. I just don't have very much of it, so that's why I won't. Bet, that's why I won't bet it on the Packers. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. This seems like maybe, and I, I felt very similar things last weekend. But the Vikings are a lot better than the Rams, and their quarterback situation until Kirk Cousins got hers a lot better than the Rams. So um I, I think this could be the week it could be not saying it will be but i think there's there's plenty of reasoning to think it might be
1: well that's fandom for you i guess okay, um, I
0: asked, that's yeah. a breakdown that everyone comes here for jesus yeah. could. I don't, I don't
1: know. <laughs> you know what though we're out of things to say i think at this point so um, Grant, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I love talking ball with you. Um, please tell all of our listeners where they can find you, how to follow you. Um uh, well,
0: I host the Wisco Sports Show every day from four to six. It does get posted as a podcast. There's a lot of people who just listen to the podcast and they don't listen live, which I think is a, a fun, like that's that's a cool different. Uh, that's cool. So that's fine. You don't need to listen to live radio. It's a podcast, Wisco sports show, wherever you find your shows. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco grant. So I always tweet out stuff there too. If you're interested.
1: If you didn't know he's from Wisconsin.
0: I am. Yes.
1: Um, he's in Madison. If you're in Madison, but you're all over the state now on the radio. So you can tune in anywhere.
0: Yep. I'm in Milwaukee a bunch. I'm on, an o- for those who live in Wisconsin and listen to radio, I'm on an Eau Claire, lacrosse, uh, Madison up by Shawano too. So Slowly but surely growing, but you can always listen to the podcast. Check it out if if you just want to get a little taste.
1: You should, especially if you're a all Wisconsin sports fan. Grant does Packers, but he does Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, the whole should bang. Badgers,
0: uh, like a Midwesterner, there.
1: Badgers, uh, I'm doing good, right? Okay, uh, and once in a blue moon, you can catch me on the radio too. That's always a fun time when Grant oh, yeah. has me on. So. Grant, thank you so much again. This was a pleasure. Um, Good to get just like a differing of opinion or thought process on this team. Um, Thanks and uh, go Pekka.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks, Barry.